What's up, guys? Got Dave Adams today. But before we jump into that, I um, wanted to read you a quick review of NextGen because it's making great progress. That's why I keep bringing it up every pod. We keep getting reviews and testimonials that are blowing us away. So from Matt LaForge, thanks for writing this on the Facebook group. He said, after more than a year of avoiding NextGen, I'm happy to report that I completed my first inspection using NextGen. It was awesome. The overall look is very similar to the legacy report, so there were no learnings, growing pains, no speed issues, and the app worked flawlessly. There were a few bonus features that I'm super happy with, such as the ability to take multiple photos before losing the spot in my inspection report, as well as the flash button overriding the Apple requirements to get my flash to work. So happy. Great job, everybody. Both of our inspectors are moving to 100% next gen immediately. Great feedback. We love to hear it. Megan, Josh, the developing team working super hard on this. So thanks to them and uh, thanks to everybody that is using it and giving feedback and or trying it out um, because I do believe it has made amazing strides this calendar year. And of course, it's not out as quick as we had hoped or had anticipated, but the point is we're making progress. And I think that's what's important as we're listening um, to the feedback and everybody that's writing in again so many devices to optimize for so it's been a little bit of a journey but pumped on where we're at and uh, look forward to everyone testing it out so right into the chat bubble um, if you want to test that out um, some other um, on, on the horizon we went to a couple conferences lately that I'm going to do a recap from I'm going to take all of what our team kind of brought back from conferences and do a recap episode because they went to a smaller regional conference up in Canada. Uh, and then we went to an IGO conference and then we went to a Florida conference. So three different and distinct kind of conferences with different vibes and goals. So I'm going to bundle those all together and do a episode on that. And then finally, I am doing a webinar next Thursday, the 18th on using social media to meet and maintain agent relationships. So if you are struggling to get those first five, 10, 20, 50 inspections, or you're in your first year and things slow down a lot, like a lot of you are seeing, join the webinar, um, right into the chat and ask for the link. Um, I'll also include it in the description of, of the podcast and the YouTube video. Um, but check it out. It's a lot of um, introductory type relationship building and using social media to get in touch with agents and to meet agents for the first time and how to interact with them on social. So uh, mostly for our new guys out there, but um, if you're an experienced inspector looking to sharpen your tools, it could work for you too. Um, All right. Hope you enjoyed the episode with Dave. Full of value. I suggest listening to this one front to back if you don't usually, Um, but we get into talking about how he handled COVID, how we went from four to 17 people, how he thinks outside the box. Um, a great story in the middle there of how he said no to a 43 person realtor team because of his values and what he's willing to do or not do. Um, and changing his mindset from not bashing realtors to collaborating with them. And then towards the end, there's some amazing chat. There's an amazing piece in here about, um, where he sees the industry going and where he sees his home inspection price going as a base price, but the things he's doing as an annual kind of maintenance contract and service contract with his buyers. And I believe a couple different um, types of services that I think almost every inspection company needs to be thinking about how to ramp up and do or hire to have within your company, because I absolutely believe there is recurring long lasting revenue on the table for our industry and it's for the taking. 
And these are services, guys, that other people aren't even doing well. So it's not like you're getting into anything where you're competing with some giants or some amazing companies. Um, I think it's our own mindset as an industry collectively that can hold us back. And I think people like Dave um, helping carry the torch and helping spread the message along with Spectora and, and many others in the industry. But we need to hear it from multiple angles. And he is out there doing it. He's out there executing on it and proving that people want it and that it works. So listen to the end. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Thanks. We can just kick it off if you're cool with it. Yeah, man, go for it. Because I certainly do not want to waste your time after rescheduling on you a couple times. So were you wondering if this was going to happen? No, I knew it would happen eventually. But I'll be honest with you. Last night, I almost rescheduled. (laughs) Hey, I I apologize formally on the record, but I know I know you're just as busy, if not busier than me. So I apologize for that. But um, we're here, we're doing it. And your initial episode was one of the most listened to episodes I believe we've ever had. And so you, really? yeah, you you dropped a lot of knowledge and dropped a lot of uh, and your story obviously was really cool. And so um, so that's why I was glad to have you back on. Especially it's even extra nice because we just saw each other. Um, at a conference not too long ago. I got a couple of puppies here on the in the office with me. They're pushing on me. I'm trying to get them off. <laughs> what kind? Uh, one is a 130-pound Anatolian Shepherd. Oh, that just he loves is, love. Look at that. He is a gentle giant, um, but he is a fierce protector, and he scares the heck out of people. But he is so kind and so sweet. And then the other one is a little 52-pound wannabe. He don't really know what he is. Um, and he is just wide open all the time. So, um, But, you know, hey, they're company, right? Exactly. That's adorable. That's adorable. Well, Dave, what I want to start with, because I actually just looked up the date to make sure when we did the last podcast. It was October 26, 2020. I had just come back to work full time. Right. And yeah. and nothing in the world has changed since then. So I'd love to hear um just your take looking backwards on on kind of like obviously five months after that COVID hits. What do you recall from kind of that period? Well, the thing I did that that I think really <clears throat> propelled us was I immediately knew from all of the news and all the public reaction that our world was going to be different. Um, I don't think anyone had the the wherewithal to really know what it was going to look like. But for me, I knew it was going to be different and I knew we were going to need to leverage technology. I knew we were going to have to be smart in what we did and I knew we were going to have to control costs. So long-term, those are things every business wants. So it kind of seems silly to say, but the first thing we did was got rid of our office and we went completely virtual. Um, We had swapped over to Spectora about a year prior, so Mm -hmm. that was easy. We still were using ISN for scheduling, so everything was cloud-based. Um except for the people part of it. So we instituted systems and processes and calls and like the rest of the world started using Zoom. Um, 
you know, I, I'll tell you the other thing too is um, in South Carolina, we never really had a shutdown. So we didn't have to deal with what a lot of folks did. But what we did have was a lot of other people not rapidly adjusting and not thinking it through and and being almost impulsive in the way we did things. Um, and we refined those. I think that year we spent just under $100,000 on equipment, services, technology, new subscriptions to support a virtual work environment, a virtual client experience, and to really refine everything we did to make it somewhat minimalistic and less intrusive but also to create a full experience. And and I don't remember, I'd have to go back and look, but I know we called it a smart growth campaign and there were nine distinct phases and, and we made that publicly available to our realtors and everybody to show that we were forward thinking. I'm kind of known for being out of the box and, um, and that garnered a lot of attention that we would, do those things and operate in the way that we did. And much of it is carried over. And the best part about it is, is when we bring on new people and we, we need to duplicate services between our different locations, our different markets and our different inspectors. It has all led to that being so much easier. Um, you know, one of the things that, and, and I say this often is realtors want consistency. They they want to know that whether Jim, Bob, or Tom inspects that house, they want to know what they're going to get. And through our template and through our training and through our processes, which are completely cloud-based, we're able to get a report regardless of the inspector that's 95% the same. <clears throat> and that is huge to agents as they are working with with buyers and sellers. Yeah. Um, so it's funny how it led to that. That wasn't the purpose. The purpose at that point was, you know, there were four of us. Now there's 17 of us. Four to 17. Wow. And it's those systems and processes and lessons learned from COVID that allowed us that growth. So it was completely unrespected. And, you know, Kevin, or, or unexpected, a uh, wrong choice of words there. Um, but I never imagined we would be what we are now. And it was, it was that forward thinking and willingness to step out of the box and embrace what we would come to call the new normal that really prepared our growth. Gosh, I was, I was just going to ask you how the team grew. And so prior to COVID, four people up to 17. You, you mentioned thinking outside of the box. I've always thought of you as one of the most independent thinkers in our industry. Um, our industry can have the herd mentality, obviously, and everyone can ask for kind of the, the winning playbook, but where does, where did that come from in you? Because you're on state, you know, you're on stage at conferences, talking, people always want to hear what you have to say. Inspectors follow what you do. So like, where did that come from in, in terms of that instinct to say COVID boom, I'm going to pivot and do things differently because that's not normal in our industry, Dave. Well, and I think that's one of the problems with our industry, Kevin. Um, 
you know, and I don't get on Facebook as much as I used to because I, I find there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of negativity and, and, you know, I, I consider myself still a small business and we're still working to grow and learn. Right. But when you have a, an element of success, whatever that may be, there's, there's some things that come with that. And, you know, I tell our leadership group that, you know, leadership is a lonely place. Um, so I, I think intrinsically, and we won't go into my past lives just because this isn't the place for it, but, um, you know, I had to create and find ways to be successful there. I've always been a little bit of a free spirit. Um, you know, I tell people I'm the homeless home inspector. I don't own a home, Kevin. Uh, I tell people what's wrong with their houses all day. And the last thing I want to do is go home and then take care of mine. <laughs> I like that. But but more than anything, it's it's a it is a free spirit and a nomad gypsy like I, I I don't want to be tied down. It's just a premise I've always had in my life. Um, I don't want to be constrained. I don't want to be normal. Um, and and that allows me a different mindset where I'm not influenced, nor do I care about being judged by others um you know the greatest success is probably the result of the 10 failures that came before that so not being afraid to fail and being willing to think out of the box like when we did have an office i am absolutely insane and obsessed with boxes and let me explain what that means. So if we would have something shipped and there was a box in the office, get rid of that box. If they'd open the box and they put stuff on the shelves, break that box down, get rid of that box. I don't want a box anywhere around this office. <laughs> and I know that sounds absolutely insane, but it's a reminder to me not to live in that box just because you've always done it this way mm. doesn't mean you have to continue to do it this way you know it's kind of like there's a, a major shift in population uh in our area there the top three places that people are coming from is california new york new jersey and then a close fourth is connecticut and i'm always amazed they move here because they hate it there and then the next thing they say is, well, when I lived in New York, this is how we did it. <laughs> and, you know, if you think about that, you may be changing the scenery, but you're not changing the landscape. So I don't want to be, I don't want to change the scenery. I want to change the landscape. And that's based on three things anything we do is always determined by three things and that is how will how will our client receive it how will our realtors receive it and how will our inspectors receive it um so if you want to talk about being outside the box kevin can i can i share a story that that's probably going to be a little controversial but but it happened and it's real sure um Recently, there's a, a large team that has like 43 buyers agents in, in our markets. And they've never used us. They, they, they've never really wanted to do business with us. And 
I never understood why. So I asked a good friend of mine who's a team leader at that office, not for that team, but for the overall brokerage. And I said, hey, can you help me get in with this guy? And they said, sure. So they got an appointment. So I go in, I'm sitting down, I'm talking to this guy. And, you know, I start out with all the questions like, um, you know, what do you consider your greatest need in a home inspector? What what problems are you having now? What Tell me what it is I can do to earn your business. And, you know, as soon as the pleasantries were over and as soon as I started asking him those questions, his first sentence to me was, well, here's what I need you to understand. Every home inspector wants to feel like they're working for the client. But without me, the realtor, you have no clients. So the first thing you need to understand is if I do business with you, you work for me. And I took my little portfolio and notepad and I folded it up and I slid it down in my backpack and grabbed my backpack and stood up and I said, well, I appreciate your time, but this isn't going to be a business relationship that I'm interested in being a part of. <laughs> he said, excuse me. He said, do you know how much business I can send you? I said, oh, I'm well aware. I know what your numbers are from MLS. I know how much you sell. But even if I did work for you, I would never work with someone who talked to me like that. Because it's you're going to be unequally yoked. And I do work for the client. And I don't care if you sell that house or not. That's not my problem. But by me doing a good job and me taking care of your clients, I'm making you look like a hero. And I'm giving you things no other inspector can. But I don't want to do business with you because of how you do business. And I have that choice. Wow. And I walked out. Everyone listening, I believe, is applauding right now because that that encapsulates the biggest rift, I think, between inspectors and agents that I saw when I was an agent that I hear about, you know, that I've heard about for the last seven, eight years. And you standing on that principle <clears throat> and uh, beautifully told story, by the way, you're a great storyteller. I don't know if I told you that. Um, and there's going to be agents that probably will loyally never not use you because of that mentality there's you you probably have hundreds of agents that tell you because of your principles because of who you are um that they'll never leave you right because you're you're like the title of our first podcast was how vulnerability and authenticity win and uh that's as authentic as it gets talking to an agent like that because a lot of inspectors would be scared to to say that right now well, and you know, that's one of the things I think that's always set us apart is I've never been afraid to fire an agent. Um, I've never been afraid to turn down a client um, because we want to do business with like-minded people who write good business, who care about their clients, and then we can help build each other's brand. You know, if you're just going out here and turning and burning through clients buying houses, that's when it becomes very transactional in nature and and transactional nature in itself is not a successful business model 
there are also the clients who fuss and complain and gripe the most. So I would rather have the relationship based where I know they're going to call me regardless of what I charge, regardless of what our availability is, because they know we're going to do a good job and they know when we mess up, they can call us and we're going to have a very real conversation about it. We're not going to say what well, wasn't like that at the time of inspection. You know, and, and that's that's a relationship that you can't develop with someone who has a mindset like the guy that owns that team. Right. He's, he's never going to be there. And you know what? That's okay. There's inspectors that will absolutely love his business and will cater to him and give him what he wants. But we're going to cater to our clients and make our realtors look good through our experience. You know, the, the thing most inspectors miss, in my opinion, um, and I can't offer you any proof of this, but I genuinely believe it. So we have untold value as an inspector that I think in the past, our industry has done a really poor job of demonstrating. And here's what I mean by that. So we did 3,400 inspections last year. I recently had a meeting with a, a single agent who did a hundred deals on her own last year. She's also never used us. Um, but I got a lunch meeting with her mm -hmm. and I looked at her and I said, Hey, you know, how many deals did you do last year? And she very proudly boasts that she did a hundred deals. Right. And I said, well, I did 3,400. She's like, yeah, but you weren't selling houses. I'm like, no, but in 3,400 deals, I worked with 6,800 realtors. And she's like, so I said, well, you were one realtor in a hundred deals. So you worked with a hundred different agents. What do you think I gained from those 6,800 agents that I had interactions with in the last 12 months that I can bring to you to help you when the going gets tough? Mm. I've seen how they operate. I know what's important to them. Odds are I have a relationship with over half of them. How can I help you keep a deal together or find a common ground through my relationships with you and other agents? Did the light bulb go off? <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. But you know, how many, how many inspectors are willing to go out there and say that? And, you know, I had a relationship with her from the sales side because we'd inspected tons of houses she had listed. Mm -hmm. So I then just tied it around and said, well, and her name is Jen, and she is a just a, an amazing woman, both as a person and as a realtor. I said, Jen, think about this. I was able to finally get this meeting because I knew you well enough to know that in the many times we've talked and text and Facebook message that I could get your attention by telling you, let me leverage your time. I can take some of this stuff off of you as a single agent doing a hundred deals a year. And she's like, you knew that from talking to me. And I'm like, yeah. I said, what do you think I've told buyers agents that are working with you? leverage Jen's time, offer her something she can't do for herself to help her out and you'll get what you want. Beautiful subject line. Let me leverage your time. Yeah. 
So, you know, those are little things and every inspector is going in there and going, you know, I got the best report. I got insurance. I've got, you know, three inspectors. I use Spectora or whatever it is, but nobody goes in there and says, look, I do home inspections, but I'm not here today to talk to you about doing your home inspections. What I want to do is help you grow your business. Because if I can help you grow your business, then I'm organically going to grow mine because I'm going to bring you that value. This is a very important message. And I love that you went here with this because leading with that or getting even in that mindset, I think um, it takes hearing this over and over for some inspectors out there listening to realize that whatever value prop you think you have, more times than not, it's tired and played out everyone's a member of this organization or that or Spector or whatever. It's like you have to be the differentiator in helping them grow their business. That's, that's beautiful. Well, it's just like, you know, we were emailing the other night. So, you know, I'm happy to say that beginning tomorrow we're, we're on Spector advanced. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's right. Taking us three and a half, four years to get there. <laughs> well, it's taking us, you know, three and a half, four years to get it to where it's worthy of it. Well, you know what? We did it together, though. Right. And that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. So and when we were emailing back and forth the other night, and I don't mind saying this, and I hope you don't. I was sending you statements from our credit card processing, from our ACH processing. I'm sharing information with you. And what did I tell you, Kevin? Look, my end game here is for me to be successful and for me to have competitive rates but for me also to make sure that you're healthy and that we're working back and forth to build each other's business. That's a far different cry. So let's think of it in terms, you know, it's 500 bucks to go to a realtor's office to speak two or three minutes. And they're all the time with $500 here, $500 there, a thousand bucks over here. These are very different conversations that you and I have been having, Kevin, because our value, I'm still paying you for a service. But you are approaching me as an equal and a partner because I'm leveraging what I need and what I want and helping you develop that on your platform in a way that is meaningful to Spectora and your other users. Because if I want it, they probably want it too. Or maybe they don't even know they want it yet. But in us doing those things together and having that level of involvement, that makes everyone healthier. And it allows me to, to tell people like, you know, I saw you at Igo recently. It allows me to tell people Kevin's awesome. Look, I've worked with their development team for three or four years to get this advanced where I want it. And they're finally there. And you know, the inside joke is that Alexis is my next wife. I love her to death. She's <laughs> amazing. Um, <laughs> but that's a relationship and you have no fear that I'm going to go out and go against you or say bad things about you because we are invested in one another. Isn't that the way an inspector should be with a realtor? Oh. Isn't that the way a realtor should be with an inspector? Our like success that. is dependent upon one another. Our success is dependent upon one another. I love how you tied that all together too, because it's such a, 
I said someone, I said to someone on our team the other day, I go, Dave is just so he's so damn refreshing in the sense. And this isn't just to kiss your ass. This is more of like instructive for others in terms of a mentality of, Hey, you're not, if there's trust there that you're not doing something, I'm not doing something to screw anyone over to hurt anybody that there's usually a rationale. And if you have empathy as a human to say, Hey, I want you to win. You want me to win. Okay. Then it just comes down to working together and collaborating on how we can get a mutual win. And you, just the way you approach things, it makes my job easier because we can just, like you said, talk is equals. Sometimes things boil down to the numbers. The mm -hmm. numbers don't make sense. Sometimes the business arrangement doesn't make sense. And I get that. Um, but just stripping almost kind of the silly, emotionally charged energy. I don't know how else to put it. That happens uh, for sure on Facebook, but also just um, in business in general, you manage to strip that out and just say, Hey, if you're successful, I'm going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And um, that just aligns with my life values quite a bit. And so nothing else. Thank you for that. But thank you for modeling that because I think inspectors to agents, that mentality is why you got 17 people on your team, 3,400 inspections last year. Well, you know, you look at two and, and oftentimes I, I use Facebook as what not to do. <laughs> the anti, the anti goals. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, if you go in a lot of these home inspector groups, they're all bashing realtors and they're all going, you need to get mm -hmm. away from realtors. You can't be reliant on realtors. That's a home inspector that does not understand his business. <laughs> we do not even know who these buyers are. Now, granted, we have a high percentage of people from Google, sure. from CEO, that kind of stuff. But we still would not be what we are in continuing to grow. So, and let's talk about what continuing to grow is. $3,400, million, dollars last year, Kevin. This year, we're 42% up year to date in revenue, 35% up in inspection count. Amazing. In a year like this. Amazing. So here's how that works. That's where those relationships come in. That's why we need those realtors. And you can be an independent, unbiased, third-party home inspector and not have to bash realtors or think realtors are out doing something bad to get you. Because I promise you, they don't care. So you're telling me you can have two ideas in your head at one time and believe both you're telling me you're telling me it's possible to have two sometimes even conflicting ideas in your head at one time i just think to home inspectors that sometimes that's tough sometimes that's tough for them to say we don't have to bash agents no as a, we don't. As a class as a category so okay let me ask you this ceo founder spector if you decide on a direction change with Inspector and you, you go home tonight and you have this amazing idea, you wake up at three o'clock and you write it down and you think about it all weekend, how am I going to implement it? When you come to the office Monday and you're ready to share this huge epiphany that you had over the weekend, are you going to go to Alexis and to James and to Josh 
Megan, Lindsay, everybody else, and you're going to say, you're going to do this, and if you don't, you're stupid. Or are you going to go to them and you're going to say, hey, guys, look, I had this idea. I think this is pretty game-changing. I think it's earth-shattering. And I think we can be leaders in our space to do it. Will you come along with me? That. <laughs> yes. That's the conversation with the realtor. Do you want to go in there and go, all realtors are bad and just looking to make $10,000 per deal and don't care about their client? That's the, you're stupid if you don't do this. Right. Or do you want to go in there and go, you know, you did 50 deals last year. That's awesome because most realtors don't even do five. But let me tell you a story about this young lady I started working with six years ago, did two deals in her first year. Last year, we did 158 inspections for her and her team. Amazing. And we did that by partnering with this brand new realtor and sponsoring their events and including them on some of our email campaigns, by talking them up, by doing client appreciation events. We had email campaigns just for their clients. Mm. Wow. So you sending out emails basically on her behalf or for her to just support her is what you're yeah. saying. Beautiful. That's how we help her grow her business. That's why seven years in now, she's never used another inspector. Now, some of her clients have chosen other ones. Hey, that's going to happen, right? Yeah. But we're at the top of her list of three and she doesn't steer people but she will say 95 percent of my clients use this company and we have very good results with them i love these stories because it it it's more than just the you know the words the hyperbole of like oh yeah give value first or tell agents you want them to succeed it's like you put your money where your mouth is you put your actions where where your words are and i really appreciate that <laughs> I've never marketed to the big agents. That's who everybody's going after, right? Man, finding those uh, rising stars, it, there's an art and a science to it, I'm sure. I know you have kind of your your playbooks and the things you do, but man, when you meet, when you sit face-to-face -to, -face to someone, you probably yeah. get a feeling when you're like, you're going to, this person's going to do well. Yeah, you know, and I I still go out to inspections that my other inspectors are doing if it's a new agent sometimes just to meet them. And, and most of them know who I am. I may not know them. Um, my, my significant other tells me I'm way too much of a public figure, but that's how we get a lot of work is off of Facebook and social media. And, you know, some of them are kind of surprised that I'm there to meet them, but what they don't know is I'm there to size them up. <laughs> right, is this one worth me making an investment in? And I will invest in them just like I do our team. You know, I will help them grow. So, you know, for the, all the inspectors that are out there on Facebook bashing realtors, if you can change your mindset, here you go, another example, Kevin. And I just thought of this, and, and I don't want to step on any toes, but I watched a podcast between two inspectors that was done in January. Now, these guys are sitting there doing podcasts and to teach and educate other inspectors. Mm -hmm. 
At the 47 minute and 33 second mark, inspector number one says December was the worst month I've ever had. I only did three inspections. The other inspector responds with, well, January was like that for me. I did 15. Now, these are two of the inspectors that are pretty well known for bashing agents. But if you want to be a single inspector firm, that's great. I don't have a problem with that. In fact, I'll help you. But if I did three inspections in December, rather than filming a podcast, I'd be out knocking on doors. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple, really, but some people like to hear themselves talk or see themselves on Zoom or whatever, and we get caught up in all of that. But I would be out knocking on doors, handing out flyers, buying Girl Scout cookies from realtors out in front of Walmart, you know, whatever I could do to drum up business. I wouldn't be trying to share my knowledge with this community when I did three inspections last month. Well said, the actions don't line up with the goals. Right. right. You know, and I don't want to bash that guy. In fact, if you know who you are and you reach out to me, I'll help you. But, you know, it, it's, we have to be careful, I think, as leaders in this industry, in what we portray and what we do and the advice that we give. Because a new inspector in the future of this industry is very impressionable because they don't know any better yet. So if you're listening to a guy that did three inspections last month, I want you to find someone else to listen to that will help you and invest in you. And that, I mean, that's what we do with realtors too. You can't shut out the single greatest source of referrals. You almost like what I love about this is I, you flip the power dynamic in a sense of, and like you said, you inspectors don't, they underappreciate the value they can bring and don't maybe even have the confidence yet. You kind of have to, you know, lead with your chest and, and, and talk the talk first, but then follow through with adding the value when you say it to a realtor for the first time, because I think just this concept alone can change any of these listeners businesses maybe not overnight, but but quick, pretty quickly when you change your tone around what you even believe. Well, we went from me in March of 2016. I did my first inspection. I think I told you March 22nd, 2016 to 3,417 people, two and a half million dollars revenue in seven years. And it's because of that approach, putting other people first. Hmm. But the most important things, look, you can go in there and say it all day long, but if you don't execute it on the back end, it doesn't, it doesn't have any meaning. You got to wake up every day, right? Put the boots on, do the work. Yep. I was talking with a good friend of mine from Igo before I got on this call, Jeff Donaldson. I don't know if you've met him out in Houston, so. or not, but uh, we've got several different partnerships going on with some new ideas that I'm doing. I think I told you about the, the free home inspection idea. Um, and that's going well. And it's tell, it, tell it again. Cool. Yeah. If you don't so, mind. So we patented uh, 
a process where we're doing no cost or deferred cost home inspections. Um, and we're charging $297 for a home of any size, discounted ancillary services, CL100s, which is a termite letter in South Carolina, radon. We do well, septic chimneys, all that stuff in-house. Um, so they get significant discounts there. And in return, they sign a, a home maintenance contract for 12 months. So we that 297 is the first three months of service. Yep. If it's less than 90 or 3,500 square feet, it's $99 a month. If it's over 3,500, but less than 7,000, it's $129 a month. So basically we're taking that, what was a $400 home inspection and turning it into $1,188 of revenue. Now, when you run the numbers out, our average uh, profit per inspection before this was like 126 bucks. Mm -hmm. And the average profit after this is $403. So it's a 219% increase, but it's recurring revenue in the home inspection industry. And that's why I went to the trouble of filing the patent because I didn't want everybody listening to go out and do their own thing. Sure. Sure. They got to find their own way to do, uh, you know, to do this or think of it. All. So yeah, that, so what we're doing with Jeff is, is internally we're, we're working out the bugs in terms of how to offer it as a company. And Jeff is helping us to develop like a franchise model. So he's working out the bugs there on how we communicate, how we service him, how he services his end client. Um, and the beauty of this thing is, so most people are going to go Google what it costs to have all these services done. It works out to about $5,600 a year if you Google it. And we all know Google's the most accurate source of information out there, right? Yep. Yep. Anything, whatever you find, whatever you want, you could find. Um, yeah. So we've got the cost down to where we can do every home at $70 and five cent per year. And that's replacing smoke detector batteries, CO batteries, HVAC filters, caulking. We're doing ongoing inspections. We're doing a roof inspection each year. We're doing, uh, we're cleaning out their dryer vent once a year. We're cleaning out their gutters in December. Um, and, you know, it's creating jobs. We're hiring maintenance techs at $48,000 a year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the number works out to that 403. So it builds value in the inspection company. It creates jobs. But, you know, here's the next thing that we found out is realtors tell you they have a list, right? Mm -hmm. realtors don't have lists. I have 22 <laughs> of the top agents and I got two lists. So I they started think they talking, do. Yeah. So I started talking to contractors going, Hey, you know, what's, what do you have with leads? Where are you at with leads? Well, realtors want us to come out there and do it for free. And then they're just going to get a credit. So we're wasting our time going out there. We're paying Google 12, $1,500 a month. We're paying Angie's List or Thumbtack or Home Advisor several hundred dollars a month. And then we're competing and basically only getting the jobs we bid the absolute least on. And we pay another fee on top of that. And I said, well, how about this? What if you paid us like three $500 a month? And we use Spectora's contractor recommendation feature. And anytime we recommend your trade as a contractor, you'll show up at the bottom down there. And they kind of like that. And they said, but that seems kind of steep. So I'm like, okay, what skill sets do I have 
that I can use to make this a better program. So we're putting them in Spector, which, you know, we've had that discussion too. We're building mm -hmm. that out. And I decided, okay, we'll build them a CO based landing page that's co-branded from us. And that way they've got some CO, they've got some way to collect some leads. You know, people just going to happen on it. And that's where they'll go to from our Spectora report. They'll also get a QR code they can put anywhere. That QR code will end up in our Spectora report. And then we're going to give them a phone number. And that phone number is, who we use, is through who we use for our uh, voice over IP and soft PBX. So not only can I give them that phone number, but now I'm giving them accurate data of what's coming from my Spectora report, what's coming from my QR code, and what's coming from my phone number. It's not like Google where people are, are going, oh, I need to call Dave's Plumbing. And they know Dave, but they don't have Dave in their phone. So they Google Dave's Plumbing, and then they hit call, and that guy just gets charged for a pay-per-click, right? Yep. Yep. So we're giving them legitimate leads that actually have value. And through our, our voice over IP program, we're actually recording those calls that are incoming so that we can forward those to them so they can coach their, their sales staff on the phone. Oh, wow. And then, you know, I've always wanted to do a podcast myself, partly inspired by the great and awesome and amazing Kevin Wagstaff. <laughs> I want to have a podcast like Kevin's one day. Um, so for our premier partners in that, we're going to put them on a podcast every year. Um, we're going to do Facebook shout outs, you know, things to increase the value. Well, here is the flip side of that, Kevin. And I got a good friend named John Tyler who lives out in Arizona. Have you met John? John's a great guy. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I was talking with him about this. And then I was talking with Wade Williamson. And I know you know Wade. We were talking about this contractor program in Houston for a referral. Well, of course, Wade's already already doing it. You know, Wade's got his hand in everything. Right. And John's like, well, you know, I've been trying to tell people this for a year, and I want John Tyler to get all of the credit for this. He says, contractors should be looking at us the way we look at realtors. Yes. Yes. So, you know, John nailed it. So that's kind of where this program has come from. But the beauty of it is every inspector out there is worse nightmare. Some guy going, hey, your inspector should have found this. And then that client calls him. Well, John Tyler taught me this. He said, you know what? That, that contractor should be going, Kevin, you are so lucky this inspector inspected your house because he found these two problems. Now, he's not a licensed HVAC guy, so I wouldn't have expected him to find this. But in my checking, because I'm here for those two things, you've also got this going on. So I want you to, you know, work with your realtor and the seller to, to get those things solved. And that's a much different conversation for the home inspector to have, right? Yes. Rather than you should have found this because that contractor's trying to be the smartest guy in the room or be the hero, right? That's why you find good partners and then you coach them and work with them the way you're, the way you, you know, outlined. And it's a different mentality again. Well, and you know, it extends that same mentality from not just home inspections and realtors, but now we bring the contractor community into it. So when I talked earlier about 
you know, I don't want to change the scenery. I want to change the landscape. That's kind of what I'm talking about. And, you know, I've mentioned Wade Williamson. I've mentioned John Tyler and, and Kevin. I'm going to get a shameless plug in here for both Spectora and Igo. So, as you know, I'm an Igo coach now. Yep. And I absolutely loved seeing you in Houston. I think that says so much about Spectora and how it cares about the, the Inspector community that you yourself would be there. Um, and it was great to break bread at with you at lunch that day and just talk with the people and joke around. Um, but a lot of these things, you know, I figured out a lot of this stuff on my own. I just joined Igo last summer. Um, but I love the camaraderie and I love the group. And we've got a April 26 uh, is our 2023 spring conference. And you know, Sheena Rowland is the contact there. You can call her at 814-380-0017 or email her at s.roland, R-O-L-A-N-D, at inspectiongo.com. And um, I know we said we were going to talk about IGO a little bit. I yep. cannot tell you how much having a group of your peers, and, and there are some multi-million dollar companies, and there are some one-man shops that are there. And we you have a group of your peers for each of those, and then we all come together. I cannot explain to you how much value I have found in sharing my out-of-the-box ideas, developing relationships, deepening relationships like with you. Um, you know, if, if you've ever thought about joining one of these things, um, I would encourage you to join us in Tampa, especially if you're a Florida inspector or somewhere in the Southeast and it's easy for you to get there. There's just so much value that is exchanged. And, um, you know, there's IEBs out there too. I don't participate in IEB. I know a lot of those guys, some of them are the same ones from IGO. Right. Some uh, are in both. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if, if you're looking to want to grow your company to a multi-inspector firm, or even if you just want to maximize the profits and work smart on a, on a one-man operation, these are people that can get you, teach you how to do that so that whatever it is you're doing in life, whether you got, you know, a hundred inspectors like Chad Head, or you got one inspector like my buddy Noah Atkins in Ohio, whom I've hooked y'all up with now. Um, there's a place for all of those people and everyone in between. So, you know, we'd love to have some guests at I go in Tampa. Awesome. I will put, everything you just said in the description too, if people want to click and, and learn more and get in touch. What was the topic you spoke on from stage at the conference again? Um, last conference? The the one I did was the better your best. So we were a better your best finalist where we presented what, you know, how we had grown in the last 12 months, basically doubling from 1.2 to 2.439. And it was just the transparency of the journey, right? And the numbers and kind of how you did it. Yep. And then, you know, that was like a 10 minute thing. And then we also, uh, I was back up there because we launched a new leader's edge program where we're, and that's where I'm coaching again with Jeff Donaldson, who, uh, who's my partner in that deal. And we're doing the inspector manager call. Mm -hmm. And there's also an office person call and a marketing call. 
And just to give you an example of how these things all work together and why this is important for any inspector is so on our first call with the inspector managers, we found out they had a real time management issue. That was the number one complaint that they had. So in our next call, we talked about time management and there from time management, what we learned is a lot of their time suck is coming actually from their office for calling them for questions and stuff that they already know the answer to. <laughs> so what Jeff and I did is we engaged Susan Bentley and Susan leads the office manager call. So this coming Tuesday on our inspector manager call, Susan Bentley is leading that call to hear from the inspector managers, what the offices are doing that's, taking their time and wasting their time so that she can then take it back to the office manager call and go, Hey guys, guess what I learned? Type feedback. And, yeah. And that, you know, having that and having third parties involved takes the egos out of it in the, in the local office. Um, and, you know, things can be attributed without saying names, but it helps everyone grow. And that helps the company grow. So if you want to sit in your comfort zone and be comfortable all day, that's fine. But there are some of us out there that aren't going to quit. And we're going to continue to push the envelope and push forward. And, you know, if you want to be one of those guys, you got to have people help you with that. And community matters more than ever in this environment, right? Yeah. And that's really the big thing with IGO and why I chose IGO over IEB is it is a community-based type thing. Um, you know, together we all win is kind of their motto. And and we've got some big dogs from the real estate industry that are in C-level positions. So they understand the realtor side of things too. And they're learning the home inspector side. So, you know, again, it, it's that whole landscape deal. And the whole thinking out of the box thing with the contractors that you mentioned, like you're, you're thinking you clearly you've put thought into this. You've done the work to have the conversations. Um, I just love it because to me, this is what thought leadership is in our industry. And we need the Harmony Browns, the Dave Adams of the world to say like, Hey, I've done the work. I've done the research. We have more power than we ever could imagine in this industry that has not been used. Um, and not just power oh, value. Man. Yeah. Hey, Brown, man, what an example of a rock star. And I hate that term, but she is, she is a success story from the word go. And it, it stems, she is a very humble and very easygoing person. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to learn what a home inspector should be, Greenworks, they're based in Dallas, man. Harmony is phenomenal. I love that lady. And, um, you know, the contractor thing too, though, Kevin, so let's talk about the the bad five-letter word in the home inspection industry, porch. Yes, we can bring it up. Yeah, it's, uh, let's talk about it. All right, so what I'm trying to do to monetize contractor referrals, isn't that really what the heck they're doing? That's what they're doing. But they're doing it on a national level, and they're doing it with my data. Right. <laughs> so we turned off all of our porch integrations and they're still calling our clients. They say they're not, but then why do I have clients asking me why they're getting called? 
Or why am I still getting gold status emails every month telling me how many people chose your services when you're not supposed to be calling them? It's a tough look. Oh, it is. It's a bad look. And I gave them months to figure it out. And and one of the reasons we're going to advance is because, you know, conversations that my data coming to use my data. You know, so I believe there's huge value in having those relationships locally and giving those contractors local B2B referrals. So if you do the study on it, you know, it's like 91% effective. If I, like I told Noah Atkins, dump tap inspect, then you need to call Alexis at Spectora and get going on Spectora. Those types of referrals are 91% effective. So as we talked earlier about realtors, who's the most trusted person in, in that home purchase process? Realtors have a lower trust rating than attorneys. That speaks for itself. <laughs> the The home inspector is the most trusted person in that process. Yes. So we should leverage that trust. And that's why contractors should be looking at us the way we look at realtors. But then we should monetize our ability to refer to them and everybody wins. We should be porch and home home advisor and thumbtack and angie's they've all demonstrated this is a our data is worth billions yes why shouldn't some of that be coming into our pocket 100 and that's exactly what the contract the referral stuff is and then dave klima whom i love has been wearing me out about this new warranty thing he's got going which is something similar where the client has to choose to submit their information right. to a warranty program and and i love that idea and we've been so busy and i've been so overwhelmed with stuff um that i've not given dave the due time to submit but i'm sure. looking at that you know that's residual income for the home inspector so as we look at where this market is going i really think the one-man guys are going to struggle um i think there will always be a place for them but they can't compete with my marketing budget. They can't compete with, with what I'm able to do in terms of sponsorship, in terms of innovation, in terms of education, just the sheer resources that we can bring. So I think that's going to really limit the one-man startups. I don't like the concept of, of, of like the new launch pad thing, which is IEB coming out and buying up all these inspection companies. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, to me, that just ends up being another national conglomerate, which is, is not good for the local client, the local people. So sure. I like the idea of, of multi-inspector firms or regional inspector firms. And I think that's where the market's going to go. Um it's just a simple dollar and cents thing. Oh, and we're here to support it with the infrastructure, Joe, from day one, right. our mission. And that's probably why we align so well is that we want to create those tools to empower you guys to be your own little organization that carves out your little local market from, you know, porch, Angie's list, whoever, and, uh, and benefit from it. And it's a better experience, I believe. Cause like you said, B2B referrals are undefeated pretty much in terms of trust transfer. Um, one comment on the solo inspector, I think what also holds them back is the mentality. They they typically 
this is generalizing them because I know some of you out there listening are open to new ideas. And you well, hey, to- I'll, let me take the pressure off of you real quick, Kevin, because the biggest generalization is we're all middle-aged, overweight guys. <laughs> but most of your solo inspectors are middle-aged, overweight guys. So now that I've said that, anything you say afterwards will not be remembered. I got you back, brother. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 not to get all Tony Robbins on this, but like I want people to believe that they deserve success. And, and, and I think sometimes I feel inspectors finding reasons to not be successful, such as recurring revenue, such as monetizing their value in the ecosystem to contractors. And I sometimes it's like pulling teeth to say like, your rationales sometimes can be flimsy on, oh, well, what if I get sued? Or, hey, what if a nuclear missile, you know, hits this or that? Like, there's all these what ifs that are like 0.0001% chance. You're living proof that like, take action, set it up well, coach, have relationships, be thorough, mind the details. And these things can and will add enterprise value to where you guys can get paid for your life's work or for like, you know, five, 10, 15 year journey and not just hang it up one day and have nothing. And so I'll get off my high horse, but I believe there is a correlation with people like yourself that is open to trying new things and um, doing it well. But this model, I think makes sense, Dave. Like I'm, I'm pumped about this, like the next two years in our industry, I I want you 100% to look back and be like, wow, I was, the trailblazer when it came to getting this going well i don't want to be the trailblazer but we'll go ahead and make us a date now in two years we'll do this again and we'll see where we're at see where we're at and you know the the one thing that uh it's okay to be a one-man shop there's nothing wrong with that and it's okay to fail I would challenge you on one thing is it's not so much in setting it up because when you set it up, it's going to change. It's in adapting. It's in Mm. adjusting. It's in learning as you go. If you want it to be perfect, you're never going to have it perfect before you start. (laughs) And on the day you end, it's not going to be perfect then either. It's going to always evolve. So you, you have to be mindful and listen to people that you trust has your best interest at heart to help you get there. And those relationships are hard to find. And Kevin, I know we're getting really close to the end. Um, I want to mention one thing to you, and you know I stormed Chase. Um, it was all I could do not to to want to be in Mississippi and Arkansas where they've already had some very damaging tornadoes today. Um. And that's why I thought about rescheduling this because <laughs> I was really tempted to drive all night to get out there. Um, but, you know, as we listen to this, this is being recorded on March the 31st. There's some some bad storms. It's not going to surprise me if there's some loss of life in that part of the country and definitely loss of property. So let's just let's think about those people that were affected earlier this week and going to be affected today. And, you know, that. That's so important to me because part of the work I do during the summer, as you know, is is with storm survey teams post-tornado and how to improve residential construction to protect the, the loss of life and property. Um, so that's something that's very dear and near to my heart. 
And uh, I know today there's going to be a lot of people going through that. So let's just think about them and keep them in our prayers, whatever may happen this evening. 100%. And I appreciate that. Um, and I'm sure everyone out there, anyone in that region, um, appreciate you carving out some time for that. And that's why you are who you are. So um, they, we let's do this before two years. I feel like every year enough changes. And I think change is only accelerating this year. So let's do this again in six to 12 months, because I think uh, we're going to learn a lot. Uh, you and I from our vantage points. <laughs> well, year. and I would love to, to, to during that time frame put this on your note, cause I won't remember, but let's talk about how our migration to advanced has gone and how sure. some of the numbers ended up working out. And, um, you know, we bought Michael Dunn's upsells. So, I'm interested to see how they do. And sure. I'm, I'm more worried about the headaches they cause because if they add something at the last minute and I don't have a person nearby with the right piece of equipment. And so we're going to be learning a lot about advance in the next six months. We, there's a good chance we'll, it's not a promise, but just on the spot here, I'm like, well, it makes sense to have time constraints of like, hey, can't add services within X amount of hours. So, something, something we could look into. And Josh Koontz, man, you know, he came and did a ride along with us. I think he had a great time. I don't know if you got any feedback on that, but I want to thank you for um, for you guys out there that, that have been worried about the reporting in advance. Um, that's why I haven't came over in the last three to four years. Sure. And, and it finally made its way up the radar list, and we worked with, with Josh to get some stuff done. And I know I've seen the new banners across the – thing for custom reports and i know he still has other things he wants to do but uh just an example of how a partnership between us has such value your guy and your dev team got to see what a home inspection is and and we got something out of it that we wanted and and we built a friend there and he's just right up the road in Asheville. but man that stuff is so cool i, I appreciate you letting him come ride with us and all the work you've done on the data part of Spectora Force makes me so happy. I knew you two would get along for what it's worth. I was like, he's just such a good dude, and I was just like, I knew you guys would hit it off. Not because you both have great beards, um, <laughs> because, but because you're good dudes. And well, hey, I hit it off with Alexis, and she didn't have a beard. No, <laughs> she has a Halloween picture that I'm gonna have her send you where she had a beard. So, well, guess what I'm doing at five thirty? Talking to her. Yep. <laughs> the last minute migration stuff. So, awesome. Uh, but hey, man, I appreciate what you do for us and what you do for the industry. And uh, I don't know if you'll be there in Tampa in April. I hope you are. I think so. Not, some good people to have fun with. Sounds good. I, I will. I, I want to go to Tampa. That sounds good. It's cold here in Colorado. So it's got to beat St. Louis. I look told the people that I go, who the hell goes to St. Louis for a conference? Really? Not me. Yeah. Well, we're going in July. <laughs> all right hey dave thank you so much for spending time this is amazing you, you you always deliver without even putting in any effort um but i know the work's done through your experiences that you share and you're so open and um the community thanks you and uh we thank you as well all right bro kevin i appreciate you man we'll talk soon all right talk to you soon brother bye-bye